And one of the early signs of overtraining is disruption in sleep. And so when I have athletes who are using the Zio call me up and tell me, they say, hey, Michael, I've noticed that my deep sleep is growing less, my REM sleep is less, and my light sleep is more. Uh, one of the first things I ask them is I say, you know, have you changed your training regimen? Are you... This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and as always, you can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. One of the concepts that we've developed here at the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast is that of Indoor Cycling 2.0, what we have defined as a move from conventional entertainment-based exercise to more results-driven training in our indoor cycling classes. And to be able to accomplish this transition is the adoption of measurement tools, heart rate monitors, you've heard us talk about frequently, and now with a lot of new intercycling bikes coming out with power indication, that being another metric that we can use to first measure, uh, decide where you are, and then work to improve it. So when I saw what's called the Zio Sleep Monitor, which is a home version of a sleep monitoring device, you wear it on your head, just like a heart rate monitor, but against your forehead, and it measures both the quality and quantity of your sleep. And I thought, well... That would be pretty cool as a training endurance athlete because then I could use that information to make decisions or change how I go about getting to sleep and with the hope of hoping me to, helping me to be a better athlete and at the same time helping you to be a better athlete and as well as your participants. So I contacted the company that makes the Zio Sleep Monitor and they put me in touch with the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Bruce. And he, uh, as I see on his website, he is a quite a popular fellow. He's been on uh, most all of the TV talk shows, Oprah, The View. He has a uh, blog, the Insomnia blog, where he uh, gives uh, information, help on uh, getting to sleep. He's also the author of Good Night, the Sleep Doctor's four-week program to better sleep and better health, which is an Amazon top 100 bestseller, which is no easy task. Now, Dr. Bruce had a little bit of time for us, and he's joining me via telephone from Scottsdale, Arizona. How are you, Dr. Bruce? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, when I started the process, the idea was to bring you, you on as the expert on the Zio Sleep Monitor. But as I read about you, there you are the expert on sleep, period, as far as I can tell. So I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about that and at the same time get an understanding of Zio. Let me start with this question. And I don't mean it to be a pun, but do most people approach sleep passively? They do. Uh, most people really feel that sleep... Um, it's just one of those things that you happen to have to do at the end of the day. And also, many people feel as though sleep is an on-off switch, where you just walk in, turn off the light, put your head on the pillow, and go to bed. In truth, that is not at all what sleep is. Sleep is a far more complicated process. 
not one that can't be understood, mind you, but uh, far more complicated. And it's really more akin to slowly pulling your foot off the gas and slowly pushing it on the brake. There are several things that the body has to do uh, to wind down, if you will, in order to sleep. Uh, and that being said, um, most people don't realize that. They don't take advantage of that and therefore may, in fact, run into sleep-related issues. Yeah, well, because, you see, I'm one of those lucky people that actually does sleep well. My wife has accused me forever of not waking up for much of anything. And yet she struggles with sleep, as does uh, my younger daughter. And I'm guessing that there are a fair number of people out there who do struggle uh, with getting a good night's sleep. Well, it's, it's interesting. Approximately one-third of the entire United States population um, had sleeping difficulties at any particular time, with 10% of those people having chronic difficulties. So it is a major issue. In fact, it's, more people have sleep problems than uh, asthma and diabetes combined. And, you know, not sleeping is really detrimental to our physical well-being. Uh, isn't, is, is that correct? It is correct. We know that sleep deprivation in particular or the inability to either receive the appropriate quantity of sleep or the quality of that sleep, um, it directly affects everything from our cognitive processing, our ability to make decisions, creativity, um, onto our physical endurance, um, immune capabilities, and overall performance. So lack of sleep does not do a body good, I can tell you that. What happens to me while I'm sleeping, you know, from a physical perspective? Well, you know, as most people, well, interestingly enough, the, no, we don't really know why we sleep. We still don't have a great handle on that, but we do know a few things seem to occur. Um, one is we know that physical repair um, and tissue, tissue damage repair uh, occurs. You're out of the sunlight, so you're not getting any um, UV uh, ray damage. Um, your muscles and body are not working nearly at the level that they would be while awake because you're not moving. Um, and you have less of a likelihood of causing any real physical damage. What you do have a likelihood of, depending upon the quality of your sleep, is being able to feel better and uh, basically recharge your batteries. And what I mean by that is during deep sleep, which is phases three and four sleep, what we know is that is when the largest amount of growth hormone uh, is actually emitted. The growth hormone is uh, a very interesting hormone in that not only does it tell your body where to move the fat um, as well as how to metabolize the food appropriately, it also conducts uh, repair of all of the musculature that's been damaged previously. So for the endurance athlete, sleep, quite frankly, is equally as critical as nutrition. And yet it's almost an afterthought, you know, for many people. Exactly. Although I will tell you, if you talk to some of the most famous endurance athletes in the world, it is nothing short of critical to them. Lance Armstrong has been quoted on numerous occasions in that when he is training and when he is racing, that he gets 10 hours of sleep every night, no matter what. Yeah, even with all the media attention that <laughs> they're chasing after him, and, and I guess that's his coach's responsibility. Well, yeah, actually, I, I'm guessing Lance has people people that uh, make sure he gets plenty of sleep every night. He does. Dr. Bruce, you touched briefly on a couple of the stages of sleep. Can you give everyone just kind of a, an understanding of, you know, those different sections or segments of sleep and when they occur and, you know, what their value is to us? 
sure. And so basically sleep is, is categorized based on brainwave patterns or EEG patterns. And what we, what we know is that um, people go from wake into a very light sleep called stage one. It gets a little bit deeper into stage two, and then we drop into deep sleep or stages three and four, which is where the growth hormone is emitted. Um, then we go back into stage two, again, that lighter sleep, and then on into REM sleep. That is considered one full cycle of sleep, and that cycle takes anywhere from 80 to about 120 minutes to complete. Once that cycle is complete, it will repeat itself, um, generally speaking, approximately four to five times, depending upon the person's individual age, needs, uh, medical frailties, and whatnot. So the other thing to remember is the majority of the deep sleep is actually found in the first third of the evening, and the majority of the REM sleep is found in the latter third of the evening. We also have recently learned that REM sleep is critical for your memory um, and basically moves information from your short-term to your long-term memory, um, allowing for retention of facts, um, daily activities, and being able to problem-solve. As I was preparing for this interview, I was doing a bunch of research, and one of the things that kind of struck me was the references that I would find about how, as we age, our sleep patterns change. Can you give us some understanding of that? A lot of my listeners are like me. We're in middle age or older. and That is true. Uh, well, you know, the brain is, is in certain ways a muscle like any other, and what we find is that, in fact, um, the, the brain's ability to produce this EEG um, becomes less and less over the course of time. Uh, in addition, we also see that there's a greater number of arousals that occur, as well as greater medical frailties, medications, uh, medical situations, which will have a tremendous impact on sleep. Uh, if you look at a baby, um, you know, they sleep, you know, 18 hours a day. You look at a 65-year-old man, and he's lucky to get six and a half hours a day. So what you'll see is, like anything else, it has a tendency to fade a little bit over time. Now, that being said, there are people who are genetically fantastic sleepers, and I've got plenty of 65-year-olds who get eight and a half, nine hours of sleep a night and feel fantastic, while I also get plenty that get six and a half hours and feel fantastic. See, there's a real misnomer out there that many people think that you have to get eight hours of sleep every single night. That's actually a myth and not really true. What we find is that people can get anywhere from seven to nine hours, and that will have differing effects on them individually. Um, as an example, I've been a six-and-a-half-hour to seven-hour guy my whole life, um, and that's what I function best on. If I get more sleep than that, I'll feel more tired. Um, but as an example, my wife requires nine hours of sleep. So it's, very, and it's a very individualized process. Um, and it can change over the course of time with aging. Well, kind of where I was going with that is, you know, what I was reading is that as we get older, as we're aging, it becomes more and more difficult to get that real deep restorative sleep that we need uh, to recover from um, training. Is that accurate? Uh, well, it is to a certain degree in that, remember, your brain waves are not functioning the way they once were, and that's where we see the lack of power, if you will, for the brain waves. Um, people are still receiving a good 
a fair portion of the restorative nature of deep sleep. Um, but yes, as we age, that definitely has a tendency to slow down. One of the, the best aspects of a device like Zio, in my mind, is this, it's finally trackable on a regular basis in the home environment. You know, I've got sleep laboratories where I send my patients um, to sleep all the time. And uh, generally speaking, it's only for one evening. And generally speaking, it's in order to, to attempt to diagnose a sleep disorder like apnea, narcolepsy, restless leg syndrome, things like that. And, um, you know, it's not particularly easy to sleep with 27 electrodes attached all over your body uh, and trying to understand what's going on. Whereas with Zio, it's incredibly simple. It's very straightforward. You basically put a headband on and you go to sleep. And in doing that, um, it will monitor you all evening long by wirelessly sending the signals to this uh, bedside unit and allow you to wake up in the morning and really get a clear picture of exactly what happened in your bed that night. Oh, yes, I, I, I agree. You uh, were nice enough to send me one to try, and it is fascinating to wake up in the morning, and there's a graph of exactly what happened to you last night in your sleep. Now, I'm one who really advocates hydration, so I all, every night need to get up at least once. And there it is, right on the graph. It, it is very cool. So now the, the question I have is that can Zio function in a way to either identify or, um, or warn somebody of an overtraining condition? Yeah, you know, one of the most important aspects with endurance athletes in particular is the avoidance of overtraining. Because we know that when athletes do overtrain, in fact, their performance gets worse, not better. And one of the early signs of overtraining is disruption in sleep. And so when I have athletes who are using the Zio call me up and tell me, they say, hey, Michael, I've noticed that my deep sleep is growing less, my REM sleep is less, and my light sleep is more. Uh, one of the first things I ask them is I say, you know, have you changed your training regimen? Are you, you know, are you really pushing it a little bit too hard? Because your body will begin to react um, to that scenario. And that's when we start to see overtraining happening. And so what's great about a device like Zio is it's a great metric to be able to understand before the overtraining, I think, gets too far along um, that, in fact, you are overtraining and to scale it back a bit. As a training endurance athlete, you know, everyone talks about, you know, taking that uh, resting heart rate in the morning to get an understanding of your level of recovery, and yet it's a quite coarse measurement. Yeah, it really is a very coarse understanding. I mean, heart rate variability can have tremendous genetic componentry to it. It can have certain physical activity component to it. I mean, there's a lot of things that will change your heart rate, especially heart rate during the day and sleeping, whereas overall sleep is a wonderful window into your body, if you will, um, because it covers such an extensive portion um, of your brain uh, as well as giving you a better understanding of, you know, overall physical health that it turns out to be, I personally think, a fantastic metric for understanding this phenomenon. Um, what's also kind of cool about the Zio is there's a whole coaching program along with it where if you do have decrements in your sleep, it will actually teach you ways to improve that sleep. And that can be everything from looking at uh, your nutrition um, to looking at your overall habits to looking at your sleep environment. 
you know, many people don't give a whole lot of credence to their mattress and their pillow, but I will tell you that when you're in the midst of recovering, um, those are items that are critical to your overall recovery and the rate at which you recover because you have to not only be comfortable while you sleep, but you want to minimize the, uh, the amount of circulatory issues or pressure points that will develop from a bad mattress, bad pillow, things like that, uh, people being stuck in one position all night long. I mean, you, you know, when the blood's not getting to the right spot because you're on a bad mattress, uh, you're not going to recover nearly as quickly. Interesting. I'm on your site, yourbeautysleep.com, and you have recommendations for mattresses, and I noticed that Select Comfort is right on the top. And the senior group fitness instructor in my family and I sleep on one of those. Select Comfort is a, is a fascinating mattress because of its adjustability. Um, and what I like about a Select Comfort mattress is, in fact, you can adjust it every single night. Um, you can adjust it for different times after a long training session or after a short one. You can adjust it if you've got a sore back or sore legs versus a sore neck. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really fascinating aspects, not only to mention that when you're sleeping next to someone, they may have very different needs for their overall firmness and support and comfort than you. And so Select Comfort allows for that. In, in addition, we also know that many of the foam-based mattresses as well um, can do this without you having to play with a remote control, but they do this automatically. And so they will help you find your overall best support and comfort level, depending upon the mattress type. So when you're looking at the memory or visco foams, there's pros and cons to those. The biggest con, however, with the group of elite athletes that I've worked with um, has been that there are times when they feel as though these mattresses sleep very hot. Because their overall core body temperature is raised for large portions of time during training, and it takes a subsequent decent amount of time to reduce that core body temperature, it can, in fact, be difficult uh, when sleeping in an all-foam uh, or a Tempur-Pedic or a, um, a memory foam mattress. And then I have the opposite thing happen where I have some of my athletes absolutely positively up and down swear by those mattresses. And so we still have... Uh, a decent amount of, of leeway here in terms of personal preference towards the mattress, but clearly something that molds to your body shape, gives you support, gives you comfort, whether it's through an air mattress or a foam-based mattress, uh, can work quite well. Personally, I like the latex-based mattresses um, because you don't sleep inside them much the way you would with a foam mattress, but you sleep on top of them, yet they mold well to your body. Dr. Bruce, this is so fascinating. It's something that, you know, I've just taken for granted and not realizing <laughs> there's just so much about this. And, you know, and also as soon as you start talking about endurance athletes, they can be, uh, I guess to use the word, a little anal about uh, their practices. And um, I can see where this would uh, be a huge benefit for them. Yep. And the truth of the matter is, is that sleep is not too dissimilar than cycling. Right, So you can go and get on an old 10-speed, and you can probably ride for 10 or 15 miles. But when you get off, you're going to have had a very different performance and recovery and experience than if you've got a road bike with the right tires, with the clip-in shoes, and the right, you know, the right gear. It's going to give you a far different performance and experience. And the exact same holds true with sleep. Just like it, with cycling, you're going to stretch beforehand and have a pre-ride routine. You should be having a pre-sleep routine, and what's 
nice is the Zio actually helps walk you through that and give you give you that information so that you can create your own pre-sleep routine. Uh, I, I can tell you that with the elite athletes that I've worked with, um, sleep is the difference between a bronze and a gold medal every time. Yeah, or winning your age group or possibly embarrassing yourself at a local triathlon. <laughs> you got it. Dr. Bruce, what other tips or tricks can you offer uh, my listeners that they could in turn pass on to their participants in their indoor cycling classes? Well, I think the regulation of their sleep is one of the things that I find incredibly important with my athletes, especially my endurance athletes, because a lot of them are full-time employed. They don't train full-time. They're not sponsored. And so they have to find time to train. Sometimes that training is in the early hours of the morning. Sometimes it's in the late hours in the evening. Both of those scenarios can curtail your sleep. So everything from waking up at 4 a.m. to do 30 miles, um, you may knock out a good bit of your sleep. Or training in the evening may uh, not, not only knock out your uh, time for sleep, but could, in fact, affect your ability to fall asleep. So I think that one of the things I've worked with is finding the right time for sleep and then meeting that time every single night. The regularity of your schedule of sleeping will ultimately yield you a better performance in your sleep. So you're not a believer of the, you know, sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, I think, I think, you know, you can have some leeway by about 30 minutes in either direction, but more than that, and your body gets confused and doesn't know when to sleep. Sleep is really two processes. It's a drive, just the same way hunger is. So when you think about when you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry, you eat something, that hunger is satiated. The same holds true with sleep. There's a drive for sleep that builds and builds and builds, and once you finally sleep, you reduce that drive. But there's also a second system called your circadian rhythm. And that circadian rhythm tells you when to eat, when to sleep, when to go to bed, when to wake up. And if you deviate from your overall sleep schedule by sleeping in for an hour or two on Saturday and Sunday, you mess up your circadian clock, your body doesn't know what it's doing. And so then when your body gets confused, it doesn't sleep well. How long does that take to reset, you know, if you screw up that rhythm? It depends on how bad you screw it up, quite honestly. I've got patients who are shift workers who work from 7 at night to, you know, 7 in the morning or 11 at night to 7 in the morning, and they're all messed up. Whereas I've got other people who are just weekend warriors who like to stay up late and party, um, and they end up with what I call Sunday night insomnia, whereas normally they go to bed at 10, 30, 11, and it's come Sunday night because they stayed up late Friday and they stayed up late Saturday, then in fact they can't fall asleep on Sunday. Usually it takes about two days of regular schedule for your body to kind of click back in if you're only off by about a half an hour to an hour, much the same way it would be as if you were experiencing jet lag from flying from the East Coast to the West Coast. Now, on uh, yourbeautysleep.com, your website, you had a video and I was watching it, and you were talking with uh, another, uh, someone, I should say, someone who's interviewing you, and you were discussing how sleep has a big impact on weight management. Can you kind of elaborate on that, give us some understanding of how the two relate? Yeah, absolutely. So now the research has become quite clear. What we're learning is, in fact, that sleep affects um, most areas of metabolism. In fact, when you are sleep-deprived, your metabolism slows down, um, which is a big deal for an endurance athlete. You want your metabolism working at top speed in order to get the energy to the muscles to be able to perform. 
And when you're sleep deprived, that, that metabolism slows down significantly. Not only that, but with sleep deprivation, you have a, a significant increase in your overall um, hormone called ghrelin. And ghrelin is the go hormone. It's the hormone that tells your body to eat. So, in fact, when you're sleep deprived, your body will have a tendency to overeat and you have low metabolism. So both of those lead to weight gain. On top of all of those things, when you're sleep deprived, you also have a tendency to choose foods um, that are not really nutritionally advantageous. You end up moving towards the cakes, the cookies, the pies, the ice cream, because in fact, when you eat those, they increase your levels of serotonin and help calm you down because the sleep deprivation has made you quite anxious. So with sleep deprivation, you have increased metabolism, uh, I'm sorry, decreased metabolism, you have increased appetite, and you have poor food choice, which is really just a recipe for disaster. All right, so now getting back to the Zio sleep monitor, how could I use that to help me lose weight? So one of the unique features of the Zio is, in fact, that it helps you understand how much sleep you need and when are you becoming sleep-deprived. Um, and it can actually help you in, help indicate to you hey, you know what, you could use a little bit more total sleep time. Your overall ZQ, which is their score or metric for sleep, will start to reduce as the more sleep-deprived you get. And so as that number slows, starts to go down, it's an indicator to you that you're becoming sleep-deprived and, in fact, your body is not at its metabolic best. Now, not everybody can uh, take steps to improve their sleep. I'm thinking primarily of the new mothers and yes, occasionally the new fathers. Um, but most other people really can take steps to improve their sleep, can't they? That is true. And it's funny because one of the easiest ways to improve the quality of your sleep is to exercise. You know, with endurance athletes, that's not, you know, they're already doing plenty of that. And so oftentimes I'm looking at, you know, their nutrition what is their caffeine intake? What is their alcohol intake? Uh, what is their overall nutrition to help them improve their sleep? Again, the regularity of the schedule will have dramatic improvements on sleep. Um, and just being smart, having a bedroom um, that's conducive to sleep, again, will help improve the overall quality of that sleep. The Zio has a variable wake-up where, it, I, I guess I'll let you explain, how does that work? It's really cool. It's called the smart wake feature. And what it does is it, it helps you not wake up in a deep sleep. Many people wake up and they feel worse than when they went to sleep. And the reason of that is, is because in fact, they've, they've actually woken up out of a deeper stage of sleep, whether it's REM sleep or stage three, four sleep. And so what the smart wake feature does is it monitors your brain waves and it can tell when you're in lighter sleep and then it will allow the alarm to go off during that time. Now you still set your alarm. Um, and let's say your alarm says 6.30. It may wake you up at 6.15 because you're in a lighter stage of sleep, but it won't wake you up at 6.45. So it has a way of understanding sort of where your sleep is, where it's going, and, and then be able to wake you at an appropriate time to have a greater likelihood of feeling refreshed. Now, Dr. Bruce, is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation that I haven't uh, brought up? I would tell you that, um, you know, I, I'm an avid user of the Zio itself. I have found it to be very helpful in understanding more about my sleep and my ability to sleep. Um, and I would encourage people to check it out, especially athletes who are looking to try to squeeze out just a little bit more 
performance, I think you'll find that when you are sleeping better, you are moving better. And you know, I was going to add, you're everywhere on the internet, uh, but can you uh, give people uh, an understanding of the best places to find you? Yep. Well, you can find more information about Zio at myzio.com, um, and you can find more information about me at uh, www.thesleepdoctor.com. Thanks, Dr. Bruce. I also want to add that I've created a special page at indoorcycleinstructor.com forward slash sleep with a bunch more information on this. This whole rested recovery topic has uh, really gotten my interest because it's something that I just don't see really talked about much. So anyways, well, so again, Dr. Bruce, uh, thank you for being on the podcast today. Well, it's certainly my pleasure. I, I, I enjoy the sport of cycling and, uh, and I hope that we've been able to help some people out there. And if people have questions, um, they can actually email me at CEO and we can uh, look at helping them get a better night's rest. 